ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. So who is Dr. Zach, please? Yeah, so essentially right now I'm in a bit of a transition period from, you know, kind of getting situated in the veterinary field to finding a real place in a lot of different areas um, that are a bit on the forefront of innovation uh, or are, you know, less um, pursued at the moment right now, but are gaining, I think, traction. And that's kind of why I see the, the use and the val validation to kind of pursue those areas. And so, um, you know, so essentially to catch up to where I'm at right now, I, you know, graduated just like any other vet, you know, kind of a Western medicine trained on um, in the classical pattern and path. Um, so initially I was uh, interested in going through the path of neurology and doing neurosurgery. Um, was where my initial thoughts were where I thought I was going to go, but um, <clears throat> found out over a collection of events and experiences that that was um, not really where I was meant to be most, or at least found the most passion through, even though I love that aspect still. I just, I felt like I, I wanted to be more of a, part of more of an eclectic aspect of the industry and, and be um, on different areas of the forefront. Um, so um, I started to get... Um, right after that period, very interested in, and actually in that you know path, started to get some interest in um, a couple of areas of where I kind of put most of my time right now. Um, specifically um, in, in, in one aspect is the holistic slash integrative health movement um, on this side, because um, as we know in the human space, there's been a, a, a small but accelerating movement that has gone through um, some elements of maturation over the last few years to decades of the, uh, I guess the understanding that medicine that was practiced maybe a century or ago um, isn't completely um, FUBAR or, or not supposed to be followed. Um, and at the same time, the medicine that's practiced, you know, more on the Western aspect of, of the world or the more advancements um, that is strictly heavy on pharmaceuticals and other areas, that that aspect has a place, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. So I found that there was very a large movement on the human space in that. And I saw that a lot of frustration on my patients that I wasn't able to fulfill a lot of the answers that they and as well as their their pet parents were interested in and found that there was maybe a, a really um, large space to contribute to that. And so, you know, through the through, you know, meeting Angela and the CBD dog health team and a couple of areas as well that they have either introduced me to or indirectly or directly um, have been able to over the last couple of years become very confident in um, that this is something that I want to be a part of and that I've donated a lot of my time to help growing. Um, both on the diagnostic side as well as on the treatment side. Um, my first love in that area also was obviously um, cannabis and CBD for pets because um, I, you know, I myself, I was never a, a huge user, both medicinally or recreationally growing up, but I found such a large potential in this plant once I did the own research, my own research on the side um, of finding out just how much potential it had. And then at the same time with this huge movement on the pet side, on the pet parent side of being interested in utilizing it as it's become more mainstream in um, society, that this plant was hugely, um, hugely uh, impactful in so many different lives, and that I wanted to help bring that to the to the pet side as well, in a way that was controlled, that also had safety regulations and and you know surveillance on board. So, um, so on the, that's kind of been you know my 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 focus and my purpose in the integrative health side so far. And you know, there's a lot of plans in the future for coming up in terms of how we're going to expand that and. You know, how I can do it individually as well as with you know the small collection of, of friends and partners that I've been able to generate. So did you always want it to be a vet? Uh, it's a good question. I always had it as like my top two or three differentials or different possibilities of what I would pursue. Um, but actually uh, the the time of my life where 
I hit my rock bottom, you would say, I guess, in terms of my self um, awareness and understanding is when I really became solidified that this is what I wanted to do. And um, right now, the veterinary medicine field is in a lot of flux. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of emotional uh, aspects that are in a, a bit of the negative aspect right now um, in the industry. And and you know that's another thing that I'm going to start doing as well and, and incorporating into my purpose is um, veterinary medicine actually helped save my life and actually gave me purpose and was an uplifting experience for me. Um, in terms of where I was meant to contribute to earth and where I could fulfill my, you know, like I said, part of my purpose. So, um, so I always wanted to have, be a vet technically, I guess you could say for, since I was a little kid, I was always rescuing the animals outside and bringing them in and trying to do what I could. But um, it was really when I, you know, when I found I was at my lowest in life that I was like, this is what I want to do so I can regain focus and regain purpose. It's um Thank you for sharing that because not many people, especially like I think professionals, um, they they are even willing to you know uh, say that when they hit rock bottom, that's mm-hmm. when you know a light bulb moment came. Um, so you you wanted to do you wanted to become a vet, um, and as you were studying to be a vet, when did you? Um, decide that you wanted to become a more integrative vet because there is yeah difference there yeah yeah, absolutely yeah the you know the first thing to know is that most of the things that i talk about right now with both colleagues as well as pet parents you're not taught in vet school at all um and and in fact a lot of the things you're taught of as being toxic or dangerous to the health and wellness of animals so it's interesting that you know in order to get to the point of maybe a more global understanding of a non-biased um, opinion of uh of the available options that are on this planet in order to promote health and wellness for for any animal human or or non-human it takes a lot of uh training on the side as a individual and you know extracurricular interests so you know as i graduated through vet school i was taught classically just western medicine just you know what what most doctors are taught nowadays and what most doctors practice nowadays just because that's what they're taught um i even you know i finished uh, an internship program which is one of the most competitive in in the country as well and again it was mostly western medicine focused and um that's okay you know you, you know that's what they train in in in, in this time day and age <clears throat> but it was in my second internship that i did when i was starting to go down the neurology path which i you know as i mentioned before i I did leave after you know a certain period of time that I was exposed to this onslaught of questions about CBD for their pets because I was working in the neurology field and that was the time when they had just started finding out about um, CBD for you know a couple of the children that had epileptic um, conditions in human space that had been successfully managed and actually cured in some ways um, depending on the disease at hand and so that was when I kind of got frustrated that I can answer these people's questions and finally was like all right i need to know something about this and then within uh, two months of studying was like oh my gosh like there's a lot of cool stuff here and you know turned that cool aspect and that intrigue now into something where you know i can speak kind of professionally across the the country about it so so yeah so it was it was it was about two two years after graduating and in my postgraduate training that i finally became interested and, and really hooked on the aspect of a global approach to medicine versus just one aspect Neurology, that's, that's, you know, you sound like a really um, very brainy, smart uh, kind of guy. Like, it's like pretty academic. I mean, being a vet, I mean, like I interviewed quite a few vets and it's such a demanding um, career path because of the amount of um, knowledge that you actually have to absorb and then put into practice, you know. Um, What would you say... Um, during the, your time of study, uh, what was, how did you manage to cope and graduate without giving up? Because I know it's, 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 can, it's a very demanding curriculum and not everyone finishes or sometimes they, they might, you know, choose a different path. Did you ever, during your studies, ever think that you wanted to quit? So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's 
for sure, right? Exactly what you said. It's something that, um, you know, I don't know if there's an exact number to it, but people always place it in like the top two or three hardest, you know, um, career paths to kind of pursue. So it, re it really is something that um, I think that a lot of people that are not veterinarians that haven't already gone through it, even pre-vet students, you know, they talk about it as if it's this whimsical thing that, you know, oh yeah, it's going to be really hard. And once you're about two years into it, then, then you realize that, you know, this is the turning point where you're like, you know, do I keep going or, you know, do, do I kind of, do I kind of give in to this? This is tough. So um, to answer your question though, it's directly, I, I actually never um, kind of had the, the giving up thought for the fact of what I mentioned prior, where the vet school was kind of like this um, sign from the universe to me that I was like, this is what I want to do. I had, you know, kind of lost faith in humans for a while, which was, led me to my rock bottom. Um, so I was like, you know, this is the, these creatures, are the ones on this planet that I, I feel I'm supposed to be, you know, mutually connected with. And they had never judged me as an individual. And, you know, I, I'd gone through a lot of judgment as a younger um, person. And so I was like, you know, these individuals have no voice. All they've done is shown uh, a love and compassion and care. And, you know, especially to sometimes to people that don't deserve it. And I'm like, you know, this is something that I know I, I can contribute to. And I, and I really would love doing that. Um, not to say though, you know, the, the there's a slight difference between, you know, wanting to quit and saying, oh my gosh, like I'm overwhelmed. And were there periods where it's overwhelming? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's just, such a large scope of information that you're expected to comprehend, not only just memorize, but comprehend and, you know, a four-year time. And yeah, it, it doesn't matter what your background is, whether you went, you know, straight science path, or there's a lot of people that use it as a, that see it as a second career path or, or as an additional kind of path. And every person that goes there, I feel like has, you know, some level of, of that, of that feeling that, oh my gosh, is this too much? Is this going to overwhelm me? But you know, people make it through and, and, you know, now when you get through it and you kind of let your heart um, show you the path is that this is going to be worth it in the end. I think that it, you know, that it makes it, it makes it um, a bit easier to decide to keep going on at the end of the day. You know, you're, you're now considered one of the um, CBD um, specialists when um, in the, in the vet space you know, as, as um, the CBD man to go and ask a lot of questions. Um, what, was there a particular moment in time where of all the fields that you were, you know, um, exposed to, um, why in particular CBD? Yeah, so um, honestly, I, you know, now retrospectively, kind of looking back, I, I probably would have still chose it anyway, because I just, I think that the plant, that the cannabis plant itself is just truly uh, magnificent in what um, nature has done in this almost um, coincidental yet convergent evolution kind of thing where, you know, there's there's the ability for this plant with the hundreds of thousands of molecules that it, it, that it creates um, to use for one purpose inside of its entity that a lot of those, if not, you know, hundreds can overlap on ours and as animals and, and, and benefit it rather than harm it. I think that um, that retrospectively is what makes me driven to contribute to this every single day um, in an educational form, you know, uh, in an educational pursuance first, um, and then an applicatory um, pursuance second. Um, but uh, in, in, the, in the beginning, like I said, it was really uh, this frustration that I couldn't answer these pet parents' questions when they were coming to me and asking these questions about CBD and and all these buzzwords that existed out there. And you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm just a weird life learner kind of person. So I really never sit there and, you know, if I can find the answer to it, I, I, I will go down the rabbit hole and try to find it. Um, so, especially if it's science related, you know, if it's about poetry, I, I'm not going to go there, <laughs> you know, but uh, if it's science related, you know, I, I have to sit there and I have to find the answer because if it exists, because it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just who I am. And, you know, like I said, once I found out the couple of the, you know, kind of the early aspects of that path towards understanding really what cannabis and CBD was, then I was hooked and I was like, geez, I, I really want to know more about this. And then I understood that really no one was really, was putting as much effort into this outside of academia that I could see that was trying to find answers for the pet parent community. And so obviously in medicine, you have a combination of your academia, academia and your combination of your kind of, you know, um, field clinicians that are kind of doing the work together to help 
um, make something happen to regard regardless of what it is. And so, you know, there was some academic interest by some really big names that were doing some great work, but there wasn't really as many veterinarians that I could see that were focusing for the pet parent voice and helping to provide guidance and education from a, a medical background. Um, in addition to um, some of the people that had really done the work on themselves. And, you know, so Angela, as we mentioned before, the reason why after several years, I decided to kind of um, work with her and her team and, and partner up, especially for education aspects was because they had done the work similar to I had done before going out and trying to impart guidance and advice. And I thought that that was very admirable that, you know, this woman who didn't have a medical background went through years of going to school and educating herself and then her team about the, the proper ways to kind of utilize it. And in addition to using it on her rescue farm, which she's helped to make a lot of pets happier and healthier with the time they had left on this earth. So, so yeah, it's kind of, it's the balance of, you know, getting to where I'm at now is really just, the plant is magnificently amazing. And it, 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 it's still, we still know so little about it and what it can do. Um, but I think that that's just, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful, um, you know, plant on this earth. So what would your, you know, as a vet, when um, your most memorable case of using cannabis on on your patient, do you have a particular um, patient that really stuck with you and inspired yeah, so, you? Yeah, so right now, I think that there's um, a case going on. I'm not sure if uh, Angel mentioned it. I'm not sure if it, you know, when you talked to her last, if it was going on, but Right now, her her dog on her rescue farm um, is uh, it's like a seven year old Doberman, and it um, it has the most aggressive bone cancer that exists out there, called osteosarcoma. And right now, um, that dog is literally just getting a whole food um, raw diet combined with cannabis, combined with um, some adaptogenic mushrooms as the sole treatment focus for um, that cancer type. And that cancer, usually, according to research, if you don't remove it surgically, those dogs live uh, estimated about five months. And, um, you know, her dog right now is, is going on 14, 15 months. So it's almost three times um, longer than what the lifespan would expect to be. And that dog is, is not in uh, what I would consider um, an amount of pain each day that is sacrificing quality of life. So I think that that right there is a huge uh, perspective gain on what cannabis can do as a multimodal therapy. You know, of course, I, I don't believe that cannabis, just like anything else, should kind of just be the only therapy we we do or consider in, in situations. You know, there's always things that we can combine and utilize you know, in combination with di the right diagnostics. But um, but that right there is just huge because there's really no example of that in veterinary medicine right now. And I think that that's uh, going to be something really great once it's, you know, once it's kind of documented and published. Ah, that's amazing. Um, so if, say, how would you, so if you had a patient, uh, a pet parent come up to you and say, hey, Dr. Zach, um, I've heard about cannabis, but I've never touched the stuff. Um, could you explain it to me in a very simple way? Um, you know, because I'm thinking about using it on my dog, but I don't know if it's safe. Yeah, first thing I would say is that this topic is huge. So to give you the entire information within a short conversation, it's going to be impossible, but there are some things that we can kind of stick to that we can rely on um, for the most part that help to guide us in the proper way from square one. And, you know, the first aspect of it is that um, number one, there is, it's impossible if you're using a product that is properly vetted to hurt an animal with a full spectrum CBD product. Okay. So you, you can feel comfort right away that once we do the work and the due diligence to find a product that we are as confident as possible, that it's going to be safe, that it's not adulterated with certain compounds um, that we would go through, then you can be confident in knowing that this is only something that's either going to do nothing or is going to help from zero to hundred percent. So that's a good thing because that takes off kind of their fear of something that could happen that they're not aware that they're not expecting. And most humans in this world, um, whether we know it or not, me included, um, are fear driven to some extent. So to help them kind of remove that fear, number one is good. And to also say that I'm willing in here to help with the aspect of finding that safe product. 
And going through those aspects is also usually beneficial because once we do that, then we can talk about the more, the smaller items about where to kind of start in terms of what conditions we might be approaching. Um, but it would, I would essentially take the conversation just like if I was talking about anything else and use it so that we can make, we can start integrating this into the common discussion of medicine. Not that it's, you know, the vet's doing one thing over here and then the pet parents trying to self-medicate over here. I, I really want to bring that, that conversation together and use the same exact, you know, verbiage and language that we would if we were in the clinic in that conversation with the pet parents, but also at the same time, like I said, start off with number one that you are going to have some more responsibility in this, in this decision-making and in this titration pattern of helping your pet to feel better. But as long as we do the groundwork first and promote safety in a way that we can start vetting the products that are available, then you should feel confident that this is something that's going to help your pet in one way or another, whether it's one to a hundred percent. Wow. So, you know, I I live in Singapore, where unfortunately it's illegal. It's considered um, marijuana, so um, yeah. the death penalty is still that is still in place here. So if you're a drug trafficker, wow, and you try to smuggle penalty? it in, you get the death penalty. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh god, it is. Yes, I have actually even written into. Um, the Singapore equivalent to, I guess, uh, your animal um, regulation department. I don't yeah. know. And I asked, can I can I bring in CBD that's specifically for animals and not for humans? And they said no because it's it's still considered a well, I don't know, class one felony drug kind of thing. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I I've I've actually told this shared this with Angela before. Like, I really wish, um, you know, there's more awareness in in Asia because in Asia it's still very um, anti-drug, and and um, cannabis, marijuana, the stigma is still very strong there. You yeah, know, I understand. Um, yeah, how when you when you have pet parents. Um, uh, where you're based? Um, you're, are you based in Florida? Yeah. So on the non-integrative medicine side, what I actually do is I'm based in Florida, but I'm actually a, a traveling um, per diem veterinarian. So I travel all across the states that I'm licensed, which is you know, right now mostly just four states. But I've been licensed in about 11 out of the 50, and I travel and I basically fill in at hospitals that are in need in order to make their you know their machines still work. So, um, so I'm based out of Florida. I have numerous hospitals I work at here, but I get to travel actually and see and, and contribute to medicine all across kind of the Eastern coast of America. Yeah. So how do you deal with, um, you know, the, the st stigma that some people might have of CBD, you know, they, they still link it to marijuana or the negative, mm. um, connotations of CBD. Right. You know, like they, they will say, like, is it, um, is it addictive? Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, you can overdose and, and, and kill yourself, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the beneficial qualities in which I've taken after, not just with cannabis or CBD, but after my enlightenment and awareness period of growth in life. Um, is to remain calm and to remain confident in what you know and be okay with saying at the time when you don't know that I just don't know. So, you know, I stay grounded in what I know is factual and I stay grounded in what I, I know to be true and never let emotions kind of take um, away the aspect of remaining calm and confident. So there's been a change, I think, from people just taking a strictly aggressive negative approach to more of kind of like a sarcastic stimulatory approach well they'll kind of go be like oh what are you just gonna throw cbd at that one too and it's gonna get better you know they'll say something like that where they're almost like you know still being antagonistic or but it's not so much like you know this is devil's lettuce and you're gonna kill everything if you keep doing this with that said i actually have had um with colleagues more than pet parents um, people message me, um, whether it was email or social media after I do a podcast like this, 
and say, you know, I really disagree with everything that you said, and you're going to give all these pet parents high hopes that they're going to cure everything with this. And, you know, it's, it's hard to hear that because um, I'm very calculated at the way in which I promote anything, let alone CBD, and am very uh, specific in the words that I use in terms of not trying to make this something that I believe is going to be the end all be all for all diseases and ailments. Um, and so that when you're not listened to and you do something on purpose and it still goes through one ear, not the other, um, you know, that's difficult because then you have to go and do a 360 and not get frustrated even more. But the approach you always have to take, like I said, is remaining factual and remaining calm because if you continue to purport the information that is there, that is publicly available, that you can start to get this feeling of frequency and of repetition that I think people are more receptive to rather than getting emotional and either antagonizing or yelling back at them. And at the same time, the last thing you have to do is choose your battles. You know, if someone is already created that feeling that you're not going to get through them and you've tried one or two times in the conversation, then there's a time for everything. So I think there's more people that are receptive that have an interest in at least hearing more versus being completely closed off. Um, and those are the people that I'm willing to dedicate time to as long as they remain simple. But, um, but I do think that um, you have to choose your battles still in this conversation because there is so much to know. And it takes years. It took years for me to get to where I'm at right now to understand everything, not only in just the plant side, but also the legal side and also the different jurisdictions of the legal side, which is what veterinarians are most fearful of, honestly. And that's why they don't really pr pursue it is because they don't know the differences and they don't know the rules and legals, legal aspects. So they're afraid that, you know, their license may be in jeopardy or something of that nature. So you got to pick your battles. But um, I just remain calm, confident and kind of purport what people like you and me and Angela know. And then I believe that that will help eventually kind of continue the movement. Wow. You, yeah, you really come across as a, a very grounded kind of person. Um, it, it's um, something that I admire because um, the, from what I understand, um, being a vet can be extremely overwhelming sometimes because there's a lot of emotional um, situations that come up when you're dealing with your clients and your patients. Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage your um how do you prevent compassion fatigue that's a good question <laughs> um i think that you know kind of the the approach that has helped me to remain um, grounded like you said and to remain um, immune in the 99 percentile because you're always going to have that day um, that you, you know your your membrane gets penetrated a bit, but you know the 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 idea that especially if you're doing something that you know you are contributing to in a positive way, honestly, the idea that just showing up and doing what you do best is enough for you to do more than doing nothing. And so if you show up to work and you're vet, and in my opinion, you just do what you're good at in a certain aspect. And maybe you take one thing away from that day that you didn't know and you go home and you learn about it, then you've already done more than doing nothing. And so you've already done a great job, maybe even an excellent job. And you've already contributed to the betterment of the lives of humans and animals in ways that maybe you can't even quantify. And so if you take that approach rather than the idea that what most vets do is they, or most people in general, they harp on the one or two things that they didn't do right or the things they couldn't do or the people that gave them a hard time, rather than looking at the majority in which in the highest majority, most days, the ratio of good things to bad things that happen is the good is larger. But humans are trained initially in life, just through habituation to allow those one to X amount of things that went wrong to be on the forefront of their mind versus how good a job did I do today? And what did I do right? And how many lives did I impact in a positive aspect? whether it was a good case, a bad case, or something that didn't happen. And that's what I've tried to do. And when, I, when I'm in the clinic and when I'm working to help others kind of 
absorb from me is the aspect that this is an environment that we're having fun and that we're doing a great job literally by just showing up today and doing what we're good at autonomously. And if you go above and beyond that, that's fantastic. But you're already here and you're already a good soul on planet earth for being in the vet industry and doing what you have to do. Let's let that be at the forefront of the lens versus what's the one or two things that really went wrong today and yesterday and yesterday and letting those build up until they bubble over. Um, so that's the approach that I've taken. I know it's for some easier said than done, but 100% accomplishable for everyone and by everyone. And I think that that's the part that people need to believe in that you can accomplish and change your point of view. And then once you decide to change that point of view, then over time, you can then adopt and really believe in that. You sound like a person who has done a lot of inner workings and self-study on personal development to get to where you are, because I'm, I'm a little amoeba student myself. I've just started, you know, and it's not easy. Um, yeah. you know, and I, and I, as I listen to you talk and explain and articulate, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This fella, you know, he's. He knows what he's talking about because he's experienced something and he's really worked hard to to get where you are today, you know, and I really admire that. I'm actually honestly very surprised um, where this this interview is, is going towards because this <laughs> is actually one of my passion. One of, one of the things that I obsess about and love is actually personal development, like how do you control your mind and mm -hmm. how... Yeah to be, you know, um, to live your life by, you know, responding to how you respond to things versus how you react to things, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so funny. Cause I use that, I use a specific phrase all the time where the transition from responding to recognizing. So you want to recognize it versus respond to it. And you want to see it happen in before, and then mm. the response can be tailored versus responding and then recognizing afterwards. So it's, I like, I like, I use that word all the time, actually, because it's important. It's a, it's a, it's a huge <laughs> skill set that, you know, recognizing the, the prior signs or stimuli that would have gotten you to something in the past that maybe made you react in a way that didn't work out and recognizing it early and being able to then become grounded, collect, and then formulate the proper response afterwards. So, what what is you know what's your daily routine like i'm i'm curious to know this cuz you, <laughs> you know you've got some you've got some uh, ninja skills that you've developed over years so i would actually like to learn some from you yeah i mean i i got to say i i'm pretty different than a lot a lot of people that um you know go through this process of life um of the mindful maturation um you know, they, they, they have, every person has a different way of then finding peace, you know, peace and fulfillment, essentially, you know, peace with themselves and fulfillment with the world around them. And, you know, for me, at least I lived, uh, much like a lot of vets, I was a very type a high intensity individual, um, for many, many years and, you know, very competitive, mostly with myself. Um, and then, you know, trying to live up to expectations that I either were given or thought I had to fulfill. And so, you know, I've lived a life where um, I was always 100% go, go, going. And so now at this time period of life through, a, you know, a small collection of things that I've been gifted by, you know, kind of prioritizing myself over time, it's allowed me to remain balanced in life. And so the answer to your question is, is interesting because every single day I live is different. So I actually, you know, I, I started off with a routine that I needed in order for me to, um, remain focused on the task at hand, which was acquiring peace and fulfillment. But now, you know, what beauty is, is that once you go through that process of kind of co committing to that, then now my life is, is literally every different every day, you know, and it's a balance of days that I rest. There's a balance of days that I work. There's a balance of days that I, you know, do, you know, physical activities and work out and do things that involve nature. But, you know, what's, what's great is that, you know, I can, for a period of time committed to the regimen and found that structure. And then once you find that structure, then you can start to kind of round the edges. And so I'm in that point of life now where I can have a day, a week, a month that every day is different. 
but at the same time, when you zoom out, it's um, all the same theme, which is that I'm pursuing the things that mostly that I love. I'm only surrounding myself with people who I think care about me as much as I care about them. And I'm never losing sight that you need to love yourself above all else at the end of each day. Uh, may I ask, how old are you? I'm uh, 29, so turning wow. 30 this year. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's a lot of wisdom. Um, you must have gone through a lot um, in a very short, um, intensive period for you to actually come round, um, because I, I kind of get where how you feel because I, I used to live my life in a certain way. And I disrespected my body, and I didn't think very deeply about life, or you know, I avoided a lot of things. And then I got sick because I was just one of those workaholics, and I would just you know smoke a lot, drink a lot, <laughs> and be on my computer a lot. And then I suddenly my body just decided like enough is enough. I'm you know it literally broke down. So yeah. it took me many many years. To actually uh, figure out how to get out of my funk, you know, and yeah, and totally to understand. Crawl out and to crawl out of it took a lot of um, effort and mm -hmm. um, I would say grit in a way to yeah. implement a certain routine, especially you're talking about in the beginning to just get that peace of mind, get that. Mm -hmm. that um, environment of calmness or, you know, safety right. where you yeah. can sort of heal, you know. So I'm, I'm really, really impressed that, you know, you're, you're, you're not yet 30, but you, you come across as a man who's extremely focused and, you know, you, you, you know your purpose. Your purpose seems to be very clear and you have a... Um, a certain code that you live by every day that guides you in your decisions of what you make every day as and when things happen around you. You you sort of, um, yeah, you have an internal code, um, SOP as they call it, <laughs> a guidebook <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to um, guide you in how, how you should respond to different situations. And that that's really cool you know really really cool i i'm impressed and thank you i, I appreciate that you. i respect i respect you i respect you thank you i really appreciate uh, that yeah it, it's it's good to talk to someone that kind of understands you know because it's an intangible conversation in a way you know to to know what this means and what this feels like so it's 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 mm -hmm. intangible but it's it's something you can feel from within so it's it's good to have someone that kind of understands the yeah. the value of of the process uh, and yeah. um I, you know yeah yeah cuz i it took me a while and you know i i i was never a very religious person but over the years now i've become i would say more a spiritual person versus a religious person yeah. you know um and and i've actually um realize the benefit of meditation and i never thought like 10 years ago i would say that yeah you know yeah there's so things i do right um... now that i would have said three years ago i would never do you know so <laughs> life is just life is a flux and a, you know it's a journey yeah. so you, you know you find yeah. new things over time and you leave things behind so so um currently what are what are your um go-to toolkits that you use um, personally to help you manage your day? So, um, you know, essentially there's, it's, it's mostly cognitive. So, you know, I, I do a lot of throughout the day, I guess now it's more subconsciously, but mo a lot of times during the day, kind of just setting checkpoints um, especially if it's a day that there seems to be more um, adversity that keeps coming up. Um, and so kind of setting, sending mental checkpoints and recollecting, uh, whether it's a meditative moment 
and you can take a few minutes to kind of um, kind of find your your core again. Uh, or you know, if you're in a position you can't, you know, if you're at work in the middle of a hospital, things are going crazy. Um, you know, just taking that minute to breathe and to kind of regain your calm center. And that's that's probably the number one tool that I still use every day that I, I think is, has been integral to kind of getting to this point because, you know, especially, like I said before, people kind of at the end of the day, then summarize everything that happened and they'll see the negatives that happen throughout that day. And they may see some positives too. I'm not saying everyone just sees the negative, but they may see some positives, but there's a lot of time periods during the day where uh, a checkpoint of recollection can kind of happen. Um, whether it's after a good thing or a bad thing that you can kind of resurface above, maybe if you were feeling like you were sinking a bit or come back down and become grounded in a way. So that's, that's definitely, you know, I don't use too many tools anymore, but that's definitely one that I've kept on um, and use on a daily basis to make sure that I'm just remaining collected as much as possible and confident, like I said before, and calm throughout the period of the day. So that at the end of the day, it doesn't just seem like time just flew by and I lost you know, another 24 hours, whether it was a good one or a bad one, that you remain present. And that's one aspect that I've used to remain present throughout the day, regardless of good things or bad things are happening. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's actually a really good um, tip that you shared for a lot of people. Because I, like I said, a lot of people tend to not think, they just react to everything and they end up uh, you know, running the hamster wheel in a way because they, they're just rushing and trying to fulfill the check checkbox of the to-do list mm -hmm. um, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And they they sort of get lost in that, in that, um, in the anxiety of trying to finish everything. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, 100%. In this world, I wow. feel like right now is just a ball of anxiety just from every direction. There's, there's mm. anxiety, you know, ridding stimuli from coming from every direction, doesn't matter where. And so, you know, times are tough right now, whether you're a vet or not a vet, I think on planet earth. Mm. And so, you know, it's now more, right now more than ever, I think there's a lot of reasons to start to prioritize just yourself because right now I don't mm. think many people know who's looking out for them, whether it's a big name or a big group or a big business. I think yeah. right now people have, it's a good time for people to see the value of just stop, starting to self-prioritize, you know, whether you want to make it a 2022 resolution or something, but um, prioritize yourself and your well-being, And then that allows you to then kind of see the path that's meant for you a little bit clearer. So do you look back at the last two years or last year in particular, um, how would you describe, you know, um, the last year for yourself personally, was it a good year or, you know, yeah, well, there's it, there's such a balance all the time, and again, it's kind of seeing what what what's going to be at the forefront of the mind versus what you're going to almost like contribute to the process of you know the adversity process. Um, so this year, I've had a lot of great things happen to me. Um, I uh, met the first person that's not my family that finally accepted me for me, and have you know a, a, my first partner in life, probably going to be the only partner in my life, which is good. Um, because she's helped to balance a lot of my um, tendencies and helped bring me kind of back in a grounding state that sometimes you just can't do yourself, that she's taught me things that um, just by being her that um, and has instilled, and you know, unfortunately, instilled a belief in the human species a little bit more. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, um, so that's been a great thing. And we've done so many things that I would have never done on my own together. That has been just a really positive thing in my life and she's a veterinarian too so it's good to have someone that talks your own <laughs> language so that's been great um and you know i have um you know two business partners that have believed in me and that have helped me continue to grow ideas that i've had that i wouldn't be able to do on my own um because of you know restrictions in in my limitations whether they're financial or connections or whatever so those have been the great things that i've been able to continue to kind of expand my visions and and my interest of where I can make you know greater impact on planet Earth. With those, obviously, comes a lot of adversity, and you know it's the first year that I've ever tried to grow or contribute to the growth of um, one or more businesses that I wasn't the sole owner of or the sole contributor of, and that's been hugely tough. 
because I, you know, I can know and predict my patterns and, you know, my speed of things that are, that are done or need to get done and to rely on others and give responsibility to others is something that, um, I've never had success with, uh, ever in my life. And so, but I know that if I want to get from point A to point C, that point B is starting to find the right people to share responsibility with. Um, and so that's been something that's been very hard this year for me. And the, like I said, in the business aspects of what I've tried to do, growing the integrative holistic side, um, as well as growing a couple other little projects that I've done. Um, it's been very tough. And there's been days where I have lost a lot of passion or a lot of um, drive to continue with it and have felt that almost giving up feeling, um, but uh, recollected. And then the next day allowed um, facts to kind of take over again and, and allowed me to see that this is just the process it can take some time. So, so yeah, a lot, it's, it, it's always about the lens you're looking through, you know, it's all about what are you going to see the positives or are you going to see the negatives at the forefront? There's always going to be both. Wow. It sounds like a beautiful past year you've had with all the, you know, adversities, but it sounds like a really wonderful year of development for you. Um, and to find a partner, I mean, like, congratulations. I'm very sincerely happy for you because I Thank think you. for you, you know, for you, for anyone to find someone that they can connect with. And, you know, I think that's, that's really awesome. So what, moving to 2022, um, what are your aspirations or goals moving forward? Yeah, so um, my my goals for 2022, um, the first one is to um, be able to take what I've learned and experiences over the last three years um, and go from um, kind of the contributor aspect to a leader in and a motivator through action. And so through these projects that I've been doing, you know, I talk and I speak a lot. Um, and now the goal is to start generating teams um, that can be beside me um, and you know build this pyramid um, of people that believe in kind of the same um, virtues that I have in, in the aspects that I have passion for um, and grow that in a way that you know, the team remains small um, and um, close knit, but to then be able to take from the position where I'm at right now, which is kind of this um, interspersed contributor in ways um, whether it's, you know, a speaker at an, at an event or, you know, a vet that goes into someone else's hospital and start generating kind of these um, pods of where I can kind of start to influence from the top down. And so that includes um, starting an integrative um, veterinary clinic that I've been um, one of the adversities of 2021 and building out and developing and planning um, to get that finished and to have a clinic for myself that I can um, like I said, build a team that we're going to work you know, synchronously to do a certain type of medicine, which is on the forefront. Um, the second is um, I have uh, been working on generating a business of what I do right now as an individual, which is this traveling veterinary aspect, which has been supremely um, liberating and fulfilling for me um, with a lot of vets frustrated in their current situation right now to give them a platform that the vets are going to be um, prioritized first um, because I feel like vets right now seem as if they, they're, um, they're not prioritized and they want to be in a way that they want to be seen as these empaths that are also smart. And a lot of them feel as if they're kind of just there to make metrics happen. So to give them a platform that they can feel this comfort um, and almost like this like protective cloud that um, we're going to advocate for them. And then vets are already good at advocating for pets that we can kind of shift the focus of emotional state. Um, and then the third, obviously, you know, why you and I met today is because is to help grow, um, you know, in a much more leadership aspect, whether it's um, through media platforms or, um, you know, through integration through the clinic to grow the idea and the belief in um, cannabis and CBD as a, a multimodal therapy um, and continue to grow the aspect of being a leader in there. Wow. Well, Dr. Zach, I really want to thank you for your time today. Um, I... I knew you was the CBD guy, you know, um, yeah. but I really enjoyed the way this conversation turned um, because it's something that I, I think a lot of people don't talk about and that's, you know, um, finding your center, 
and learning mm-hmm. to to be more grounded and not get so overwhelmed by events going on around us and to feel mm-hmm. a loss of control because I right. think um, especially with the pandemic a lot there's been so much negativity and people um, f- feeling very uh, frustrated and you know um, desperate because they feel you know like they can't do anything and yet for me 2021 was actually the best year i've ever had you know again like you said wow, you know depends great. on what which lens you look through but mm-hmm. um in terms of my personal growth you know i i have to say that i've i've um moved quite a fair bit far along and you know i feel very blessed and grateful to have been able to um get my podcast going and talking to people like angela yeah. and you you know because i always feel that there's always something to learn every day and today i have learned a lot um you know not just not just about cbd but actually more about the person that you are the man that you are and you know i i have to say i'm actually really surprised you know pleasantly (laughs) surprised to have um had this opportunity to speak to you because um i think you you know um you are a very ethical person. You have a code that you live by. Um, and I'm actually um, very excited to see, you know, where where your path will lead you in life because I think you're going to do a lot of great things. So thank you on behalf of all pet parents around the world. Yeah. Thank you very much for all that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I- I really, actually, I, I can't uh, agree more. I, I concur with everything. I thought it was a, a wonderful conversation. I hadn't, you never know, like I said before, where, you know, you're going to be starting at point A, you know, that there's a goal at some point, but uh, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed being on here and I appreciate um, everything you said. And uh, yeah, the, the goal is to continue on with what's right and, uh, you know, let that kind of lead the path that you're meant to, to, to follow. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.